1: Welcome back to the Bear Report Podcast. This is the Week 10 Podcast of the 2016 season. My name is Jeremy Stoltz. I'm the publisher of Bear Report, here with Bears insider Aaron Lemming. Had a little bit of a break off, so how you been the last couple of weeks? Doing good. It's uh,
2: definitely been busy. A lot of stuff's been going on. I'll uh, talk about one thing and just make it quick real quick. Won't talk about the other because there's no business for that here, but... Uh, Absolutely man Congratulations to the Chicago Cubs I, I myself am a Chicago White Sox Fan but uh, I mean it Was really great to Be able to see a Team in the, in the city of Chicago really be Able to celebrate That I thought that Was a big thing uh, so I, I say Congratulations to all The Cubs fans I Know we have a lot Of Cubs followers out There um, but let's uh, Let's move on to The move on the Football man we got A little bit of a Break uh, the NFC North Looks like it's Falling apart a little Bit so maybe <laughs> the Bears got a chance What do you think
1: uh, We'll see the Bears are gonna have to Do a whole lot here In the second half But we'll, we'll talk about that a little more I do like it that you brought out the Cubs uh because they do deserve the recognition what a, a pretty amazing season again I'm a, I'm a White Sox fan myself but it was really fun to watch really enjoyed that entire playoff run and they they, they definitely deserved to win they were the best team and uh they pulled it out obviously in exciting fashion and uh I, I you wouldn't expect it any other way to you know almost tear out the heartstrings of Cubs fans before actually doing it so it was uh Uh, Fun to watch, fun fun for this city, and and great for a lot of the Cubs fans out there. So yeah, let's move on to the Bears. Coming off uh, a game we haven't talked about yet, it was two weeks ago, a 2010 victory over the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings came into that game looking like one of the best teams in the NFL. They were the last undefeated team a few weeks before that game at 5-0, and the Bears just owned them, just dominated them uh, on both sides of the football, particularly in the trenches. And uh, the Vikings didn't get a touchdown until late in the game Until it was, uh, uh, you know, pretty much out of reach at that point So it was uh, a great way for the Bears to go into the bye week And you're right Uh, Now the NFC North, I mean, the Bears are uh, You you look at the standings, they're only three games out of first place And who knows what can happen here in the second half of the season But uh, your thoughts from from that Vikings game
2: You know, it really surprised me I I thought this was going to be a very bad matchup for the Bears I think Minnesota offensively is pretty bad. I mean, there's really no way around that. But I thought defensively they posed a really big threat. But here we are. Jay Cutler is back. I mean, that's really – he. his impact was felt during that game. And that was – I think that was something that's big. But I think the biggest thing that stuck out to me, especially offensively, and this is something that we keep talking about, and I think this is going to be a continued topic, uh, you know, depending on what goes on, is – the really the play calling offensively i mean it, it's been something that the balance has not been there for most of the year their first one of the season I think it was uh, I think there was thirty six passes and twenty nine rushes and, and this week there was thirty one passes and twenty nine rushes so basically twenty nine out of the sixty plays that were called were all runs and within that, obviously, they couldn't have uh, done what they did without Jordan Howard. 26 carries, 153 yards, 5.9 yard average. Uh, he had that big one that he broke off, um, which is, you know, it really kind of set the tone for the game. But overall, I mean, this is kind of more the team that I was expecting. I don't know quite this dominant and dominating a good team, but this is more along the lines of what I had expected. I think. Defensively, they they're getting they're finally getting some guys back, but injuries, especially in the secondary corner, I think are going to continue to be an issue depending on what goes on there. But uh, overall, I mean, there's really nothing nothing negative you can really say about the game, like you pointed out. I mean, even that Vikings touchdown was late in the game when it was already put away. But the thing that kind of stuck out to me at the end of the game was the fact that the Bears have had trouble putting games away, especially in the Fox era, and it kind of concerned me. You know, they they're they're up 10 points and normally that would seem like a pretty good lead, but we saw what happened in the Jacksonville game. So it was very key me to see the not only the play calling and the play selection, but the fact that they were able to salt that game away. I think there was, what, five or six minutes left in the game when they got the ball back and they held the ball the whole entire time. So I think that was definitely big and I think a lot of that has to do with Jordan Howard. You finally get Cutler back, the offensive line's getting healthy, it's playing good. Um, but I think Jordan Howard is going to be the big X factor moving forward for the whole entire team. I mean, if they can control the clock, uh, it's going to help out their defense um so that's that's kind of my thoughts on the game
1: what about you well I, no I think you're right I think that the, what Jordan Howard was able to do late in the game everybody you know that he popped off that big 69 yarder on his first run and that really set the tone for the game and the Bears just kept feeding him the football and you wrote about it today uh, at bearreport.com about how uh, in the in the two, in the games before that, Kadim Carey or they had bailed on Jordan Howard and went to Kadim Carey a little bit too early. And as we've seen, he's a type of running back who gets better as the game progresses. And uh, you know we saw that 202 total yards, 153 yards on the ground, uh, really just dominant in every which way. And <clears throat> like you mentioned, excuse me, late in the game they had the ball at five minutes 41 seconds to go, 10 minutes up. Uh, you know, that's enough time for an, uh, for a team to come back. Like I said, we we had saw, seen it the week before. Against Jacksonville and the Bears handed the ball to Jordan Howard eight out of nine plays ran that clock down to 15 seconds uh, when Minnesota actually finally got the ball back and that was a game right there they never even allowed them to get an opportunity to get back into the game and that's what you get out of a bat like Jordan Howard who wears down a defense the entire game I mean he was just punishing Vikings defenders so when it when it came time on that last drive I mean that they just didn't have anything left I mean and he was still breaking tackles on that final drive I remember one of the one of the runs he broke two tackles I think he got a first down on it. And then Log- uh, Dow Loggins was smarted off on one of the second down plays, second and 10, used a, a play-action pass, and, and Zach Miller was wide open for 13 yards. So you're right, Loggins had one of his best games uh, as, a, as a play caller, and, and I think he's he's hopefully, for Bears fans' sake, learned his lesson in the in the fact that, yeah, he does need to be more balanced, needs to lean on Jordan Howard. Uh, some things I was looking up here about Jordan Howard, and just uh, how, how good he's been here in the first half of his rookie season, Right now in the NFL, his 5.1 yards per carry are third among all uh, qualifying ball car- uh, ball carriers. Uh, broken tackles he has, according to Football Outsiders, 27 total broken tackles. Uh, that's tenth most in the NFL, but among the top 10, uh, he's about 30 or 40 behind in total touches in that in that group. So I mean, he's he's uh, in his per touch total, 23.1 percent. Uh, he breaks a tackle uh, on his per touch total. That is second highest out of the top ten. So, uh, you know, just his ability to gain those extra yards, fall forward. I mean, that's been huge for the Bears right now. His five hundred and five rushing yards, second only to, to the Cowboys' Ezekiel Elliott among rookie running backs uh, in rushing yards. So he's he's pretty much. Uh, been everything that the Bears wanted and more he has proved himself to be a three down uh, running back so I, I think like you mentioned like you wrote about today uh, they got to keep feeding him uh, you worry that they are going to try and uh, you know maybe go back to that hot hot hand uh, nonsense that they were talking about and trying to got to when the when Terry was getting the ball a little bit more but I think that you, you know you keep feeding Jordan Howard the things are going to happen
2: yeah, I agree. And uh, one more stat to kind of add on to what you just were talking about, and Gil Brandt just tweeted this out about two hours ago, was uh, average yards after contact by running back. And Jordan Howard's second right now in 2.6, uh, which is .3 yards behind Jay Ajayi. So, I mean, like you said, I mean, he's everything the Bears have wanted and more to this point. And I think one of the bigger question marks that he had coming in was, you know, he he's a strong runner, and that was never an issue. He's not going to have... I wouldn't say top-end speed because I think he got up pretty close to 20 miles an hour on that 69-yard run. But it's it's more of, you know, that, that, that tank of gas is, uh, is, is not really there to be able to finish out those big runs, which is fine. I mean, that's yeah. not, not big of a big deal. It's kind of a nitpicky thing on my part. But the thing that's really stood out to me is him as a receiver. Uh, I think that's been something that was kind of somewhat of a knock. I mean, you really didn't see... All that much of that, and uh, when he played for in Indiana, but I mean, he had four catches forty nine yards. I mean, he had two hundred two all purpose yards. Uh, I mean, that's 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 Matt Forte like, and that's something that uh, you know a lot of people projected the Bears to miss uh, when he left. So I mean, the fact that Jordan Howard's doing this anyway, he just turned twenty two a few days ago. I mean, he's still uh, really to be able to get a guy in the fifth round like that, I mean, that's, that's, that's fantastic. So, I mean, he's definitely, the bears need young pieces that they can build off of that are good players, not just average players, good players. And I think they found one there. And I mean, there's nothing really, but positive things. I, uh, like you said, they just, they can't do this whole hot hand thing. They've got to stick with them. Um, I mean, if he's halfway through a game and he's still struggling, okay, I can kind of understand, but give him some time, let him get going. And most importantly, keeping the, keeping the play calling balance, I think is going to be big, for him and obviously the offense. I mean, when he has a good game, they usually
1: have a good game. Yeah, that play calling balance was huge uh, for Jay Cutler in that contest against the Vikings. You know, that was something that he didn't have in those first two games when things weren't going very well. Uh, the blocking he didn't have either. He was uh, only sacked sack once in that contest against the Vikings. Really had a clean pocket for most of the game and made the most of it. Looked like the good Jay Cutler. I mean, we all know what Jay Cutler can do when things are going well. Went 20 for 31, 252 yards and a touchdown and most importantly didn't turn the ball over once and that's uh you know something that we don't always see out of jay cutler and and when he does do that the bears are able to beat uh, a team that was one considered one of the best in uh, the nfl at the time his performance was good for zach miller who was uh, kind of up and down with brian hoyer under center Uh, miller was the most targeted on the team 10 targets seven receptions 88 yards Uh, alshon jeffrey got his first touchdown with jay cutler under center uh, his first touchdown of the season. He was targeted eight times, caught four of them for 63 yards. So I think that passing attack, as long as the offensive line continues to do what they've done, that passing attack is going to uh, continue to play very well. And, and as long as the balance is there with with uh, you know Jordan Howard running the football, Bears will put up some numbers, and that gives me hope for the team in the in. That they are going to finish strong here I mean, you look at their schedule here uh, Down the stretch And with the way that Jay Cutler's playing And the way that the defense is starting to play And they're getting healthy And we're going to talk about that in a bit But, uh, you know, four of the eight teams That the Bears play here down the stretch are uh, Have winning records But they beat two of those teams Which are the Lions and the Vikings already And uh, the other the other teams are the Redskins And uh, what, what did we say? The Giants Lions. Yeah. Uh, the Giants game is uh, is a little tough, but I mean, you look at these th- these games, Buccaneers, Giants, Titans, 49ers. Bears can win all four of those. I mean, that's if they play the way that they did against the Vikings, stay healthy, two big ifs. But if they do that, you can win all four of those games. And like we said, they've already beat the Lions. They've already beat the Vikings. Now, both those games will be on the road. That will make it a little bit more difficult. Uh, and then you have Packers and Redskins. So, who i mean we were talking about it before we came on the podcast i mean in a, in a in a what has gone on right now with the cubs winning the world series and donald trump now being the president is it going to is it going to be is it that crazy to think that the bears could go 7 and 1 down the stretch
2: you know i i've gone back and forth and i think i tweeted this out a few days ago and it's you know i'm a bears fan i mean i i love talking about the bears i love writing about the bears but first and foremost i am a bears fan and so Mentally, I've been battling uh, really since Sunday. I mean, ever since the NFC North just looks wide open out of nowhere. And it's like, I mean, they're two and six, but like you said, they're three games back. And you can't kind of can't help but wonder at sometimes like well what if they just won one of those games they'd be three and five but that's just not you can't you can't look at it that way but yeah like you said i mean these are all very winnable games even the teams that they're playing that are over 500 are all one game over 500 i mean it's nothing well except for minnesota we'll see how long that lasts but i mean it's nothing that they can't they can't get past the thing that i want to be optimistic i do think when it's all said and done i mean i don't Think I see them finishing any worse than four and four to finish out the season, which land them right around six and ten. But the the thing that keeps sticking out my mind that I want to see them move forward with is the fact that John Fox hasn't won any more than two games in a row in the year and a half that he's been with the Bears. Obviously, they got off to a rough start last year. They got off to a very rough start this year. So that's going to be something that they're going to need to really get a handle on. But what makes me somewhat optimistic, you know, you just talked about it, the Cubs won the World Series and Donald Trump as president. So, I mean, right there alone, I mean, the world could have ended. I don't think anybody would have been surprised. <laughs> I mean, what is it really to say that something crazy couldn't happen with the Bears? I mean, if they play the way that they played against the Vikings, I think they can beat any any team that they're going to go up against. Uh, obviously, that's a little bit unreal of, of an expectation, um, but... It's definitely going to be interesting to see. I think, you know, the like you talked about, the health. The health is going to be the biggest key. They're getting healthy, and that's great, but can they stay healthy? This is something that's been an issue with them for a long time. Now, Granted, some of their depth guys have stepped up, and I've actually been surprisingly impressed with Will Sutton. Uh, I think he's played pretty well. And I think they're finally starting to get things figured out, but – They've got to stay healthy, Uh, you know, if they can keep this offensive line together. But I think the main key that I'm looking at is defensively. I mean, if they can get this front seven to the way they thought it was going to be outside of Lamar Houston, um, I mean, they're not going to need a very good secondary. And they've kind of showed that. I mean, they're getting after the quarterback more, and that's something. I mean, they've got 20 sacks. I mean, this is a team that started off really, really slow. So oh man it's i i don't want to project anything one because i don't want to jinx anything and two because i don't want to get overly optimistic but i do think if they are going to make a make a run i think these first three to four games coming out of the break are going to be very important i mean they're all pretty winnable games the giants is going to be tough but they really need to get even if they go three and four or three and one in these first four games i think they've got a shot that would put them what right around five and seven and with the way everything's shaping up, even the wild card, I mean, that may be enough to keep them within two games. uh, But realistically, if they're going to do anything, those first four games are really going to be key. I mean, if they come out and lose to the Tampa Bay, that's probably going to be it. But I don't know. We'll see. Like I said, I'm not trying to to get overly optimistic, but I I think there is some sense of uh, kind of a renewed optimism at this point within Bears fans. And, I mean, at least from what I've seen, and you can attest to this better than I can because you're in the locker room, is – you know these guys seem like they believe in themselves, and they don't seem like they're they think they're out of it. So I mean that's that's a plus.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I think that that's the the sentiment that you do get up at Hallis Hall in the fact that they are they feel like they're a better team that their record indicates. And when you look at the numbers, a lot of that, it it shows that uh, you know especially defensively they're really uh, the worst uh, ranking that they have in any of the major stats. It's really like first downs per game. I mean, other than that, I mean they're twelfth in total yards allowed per game. 14th rush yards uh 18th and f- uh, first downs 12th pass yards I mean third down efficiency they're eighth in the league so I mean this is a defense that is continuing to get better and continuing to get healthier so uh yeah I think I think like you said four and four might be more likely if you want to I mean it's that seems more realistic uh but I, I do think that this is a team that especially if, if uh you know they they stay healthy a big if uh that's that's uh, definitely a possibility. It, it, at least it's going to give some, give uh, Bears fans some exciting uh, football here down the stretch. But to help them out, let's talk about this injury report. Uh, looks like the Bears, right now, uh, the only player who did not participate in practice today, Thursday, was DeAndre Hall. I saw him in the locker room. He uh, had, still has a boot uh, still wearing a boot. So it doesn't look like he's going to be uh healthy for uh, coming back from that ankle injury anytime soon. Disappointing because he's missing some good rep, uh, some opportunities here to get some reps and, uh, develop. But, uh, Bryce Callahan and Tracy Porter, looks like uh, both of them should be back. I, I would, I would think that, uh, you know, Porter, Porter's played, but, uh, you know, that knee injury has bothered him. Callahan, I, a little iffy with the hamstring, uh, I, but I know that he's probably going to give it a go. Eddie Goldman returned to practice this week. And that would be huge to get that big body there in the middle of the defense. Uh, Vic Fangio did admit that, though, that Goldman is not 100%. They're going to see how uh, he goes here in the next couple of days and uh, uh, possibly get him back on the field here this week, which would be big for that run defense. Eddie Royal should be back from the toe injury. Pernel McFree limited today, but he's back and he's had a huge impact and we'll talk about him in a second, but uh, Kyle Long and Josh Sitton, both the Pro Bowl guards, uh, were full participants in practice today. They're going to uh, be back, which is huge for that offensive line, uh, which which played well without him against the against the Vikings and then Kadim Carey looks like he's good to go from the illness that he had. So there you go, you're looking at about seven starters right there uh, that... Uh, You haven't had over the last couple of weeks or haven't had a full strength the last couple of weeks, and you still played well without them. So, I mean, with all those guys back, that gives you a little bit more hope, a little bit more positivity for what they might be able to accomplish here in the second half of the season. So let's talk real fast about this consultant story that came out. It was Ian Rappaport, correct,
2: Aaron? Yeah, it was Ian Rappaport who had... The original report on that. Yeah,
1: and and, and the report, what was the summary of that report?
2: Basically, he said something along the lines of John Fox and Ryan Pace weren't on the same page and there was some serious turmoil going on and that they'd been meeting all week and that uh, basically... The conclusion of the meeting was that nobody was safe, although they weren't really willing to blame the GM in the front office. They were more looking at the coaching staff. So, uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and let you take this one because I think you have a little bit more intel than I do as to how true this is, if it's true at all, and what exactly is going on.
1: Well, I mean, you and I both know it's not true. I've, I've talked to two different people that I, I, I trust uh one who's is probably just about a foot away from ryan pace and that that would, had nothing to do with the football side of operations that was the McCaskey thing they they had uh you know it's just some general operational things that they wanted to uh discuss with an outside consultant and had nothing to do with football and i don't i i i don't know who the source was for the story who gave him all that information about them doing all those meetings and and that nobody's job being safe i mean that was uh, I was told, like I said, by two different uh, sources that that just was entirely not true. I mean, that you as well, correct?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's the same thing. It basically yeah. ended up, like you said, it was nothing really about football. And, I mean, and another thing to kind of point out that a lot of people don't get is Ernie Corsi actually has a job right now. Now I can't remember what team that is with, but Lions. he is something. The Lions. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, and that was the rumor that he was back in. So, I mean, that right there kind of shoots that down. So I think that was – it it seemed like a nice hot button issue at the time and kind of, it kind of would have fit, but at the same time, I mean, if you're a Bears fan, I get it. You know, it's one of those right now they're at a critical point and there's a little bit of optimism right now, but it would serve them better to win some games, build some confidence, keep the whole entire coaching staff and, and keep going with this thing. And, you know, the, to root for a high pick, I understand that, but at the same time, I mean, this is something that if they really want a certain player, I mean, they can trade up if they need to, but I think really it's in the best interest of everybody, um, you know, kind of going off this report, it's in the best interest of everybody that they finish strong. Um, I, I think that it would, it would be really big at this point, so in a sense, I know some people are a little disappointed that maybe the report wasn't true because they wanted Fox out or they want to Pace out, but... I personally think it's a good thing it wasn't true and it's it also shows that maybe they have a little bit more control under things than some people thought because a lot of people took this as, well, if this report's true, then there's some serious issues going on and that means that Ryan Pace doesn't know what he's doing and blah, 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 blah. So, overall, this, this report not being true, I think is
1: a good thing. What about you? No, I, I think you're right in the, in the sense that you know, it would be good to have the number one pick in the next year's draft or a top three pick. I mean, that's not you know, especially for a two and six team that's unlikely to make the playoffs. I mean, that's kind of what you you're looking forward to. But again, that that doesn't help anybody to get pummeled for another eight eight games, and, and you know, and then you start questioning, you know, who, who, whose job is safe and who's doing the who's doing it right and who should be replaced, and you know, how hot is the the seat going to be on Ryan Pace, and uh, you know the. I don't think that's necessarily productive. I do think that everybody should be held accountable and that, you know, the bad guys, you know, if you're not doing your job correctly, you need to go. I'm not saying that, you know, you, you just hang on to guys because they're here. That's the part of the reason that Mark Tressman was so quick to get the hook. Uh, but you know, I I, I don't think it, it helps anybody, and it puts the team in in a good situation to go into uh, the off season, having just gotten pummeled for another half of a of a season. I so I, I do agree that you need to finish strong, and that uh, you know uh, you you know what they were left with. We all know what 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 uh, Phil Emery left this team with. I mean, uh, Ryan Pace was dealing with nothing nothing when he came in here. So I think he's made some decent moves. Uh, we'll talk about Leonard Floyd here in a second, but I think that uh, you know that that pick is starting to come around. Most of the draft, most of his draft picks have been pretty decent, and I think uh, some some of the uh, some of the off season acquisitions he's made have been pretty good as well. There's still some holes to fill, and the record doesn't show it, but I, I, you know it's still a little too early for me, and I, I it's too early for the McCaskies. They, and you know Ted Phillips has never been a knee jerk, uh, you know type of, of, of owner. Uh, president who's just, you know, uh, you know, just wipe the slate clean after two years. I know what happened after Emory, for, but he at least got three. So if if Emory got three years, then he's going to give Brian Pace three years. And John Fox isn't, uh, you know, the, 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 there's still stability under John Fox. Mark Trestman got the boot because he had no control over the locker room. That's not the case with John Fox. I think the Bears have had some bad uh, injury luck and, you know, just couldn't pull off a couple of wins they should have had against the Colts and the Jaguars. Uh, you, you know, if they were able to win those games, we're, it's it's a totally different story at this point. But uh, I, I think that you're probably going to see a lot of improvement over the second half of the season. I think that will do them well. Going into next year, give them another draft, give them another offseason. Let, let them see what happens. I don't think that now is the time to panic at all. You've had a season and a half under this new regime. Let them do their jobs. We were talking earlier about uh, the, the health issues and and, and uh, guys who have returned to health. And Leonard Floyd and Pernell McPhee, those two over the last couple of games i know that uh mcphee's uh, initial return he didn't do a whole lot looked a little rusty looked a little stiff but he came out last week against the vikings didn't play a ton of snaps i think he only had 25 snaps again but he made the most of those snaps had immediate impact and got his first sack of the season i think that he forced a fumble on that sack correct yeah yeah
2: see i'm still a little confused about that because they had said it was a A a pass but it was backwards so yeah I mean technically he did I don't really know how they ended up actually scoring that because I saw the sack so I would assume it would have been a sack and a fumble that's what I would go with at this
1: point Uh, yeah they gave him a forced fumble I'm just looking at the, the game book right here so yeah he did get that sack Um, And, uh, you know, he he had only playing 25 snaps for him to come out there and and do that well is is great to see. You have to think that as he gets uh, more reps out there, he's going to continue to have that, uh, you know, to to develop and progress a little bit more, get healthier, and start being the player that he was at the beginning of last season. I mean, you you and I, and most Bears fans remember, I mean, he was such a beast uh, the first six weeks, I think it was last year, seven weeks before he ended up getting hurt. And uh, if he could come back and be that player, stay healthy, Big if for a guy who's had so many knee injuries, but if he can do that, man, I mean, the, the impact that McPhee has, not only just from what he does on the field, but the mindset that he brings to the locker room, you know, he's one of the, he's one of the leaders of that defense and, you know, he's the, he's the type of guy who wants him to play, uh, you know, at a thousand percent, you know, he doesn't accept losing. I mean, he's your, hes your typical leader, loves to be physical, wants him to, you know, be dogs, as he says, and uh, I think that his, his presence out there, even if he's only getting limited steps right snaps right now is huge and it's 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 rubbed off on leonard floyd who has three sacks over the last couple uh, couple of games and you're, you're finally starting to see that production you wanted out of the first uh, first round draft pick and uh you know it, it's really great to see i mean like you mentioned 20 sacks for a team that really hadn't did, didn't do anything in the in the pass rush department over the first month of the season you gotta like where this pass rush is headed
2: yeah absolutely and i with mcphee you know, there there's a lot of questions about what kind of player he was gonna be when he came back and I think obviously two games is a little early to be able to tell, but I mean if, if last week's any indicator two weeks or whatever it was, is any indication, I mean, he he looked to be back. I he he had the one sack and he had the forced fumble. But there was also two or three other times where I mean he was just a half a step too late and, and he still he still got the quarterback hit. So I think Getting him back, and I mean, that that sack on Bradford that he had, that was brutal. I mean, that that is just something, because you see, and I've been very impressed with Leonard Floyd, I really have, and this is not really a knock on him, but what you see, even with Willie Young, I mean, you're not really seeing these brutal sacks. You know, you know you're seeing these guys go down, but McPhee had some nasty hits, and like you said, I mean, they... He's just a very aggressive player, and that's the kind of player that the Bears need. And you, you talked about it, you know, the limited snaps, and I almost kind of think moving forward that's going to be a good thing for him. Uh, I think especially with what they have right now, they have Leonard Floyd, they have Willie Young, and obviously Pernell McPhee, and then Sam Ocha, who's actually played pretty solid. I mean, he's not much of a pass rusher, but I think if you get more pressure from that front three, it's not really going to be much of an issue. So... I think keeping his snaps down, especially, I mean, this is a knee issue that is degenerative. I mean, this is something that is not magically going to go away, um, and he's not going to get any younger. So I think limiting his snaps and having him come in, you know, getting him back up to, you know, 35, 40 snaps a game would probably be ideal, but I really don't have an issue with what they're doing with him right now. He's very solid against the run. He's a guy that you can put in there anytime you want, and I think that's really a strong thing because you look at their, three, their top three outside linebackers you have. Uh, Willie Young, who has always been very steady against the run, and he's a he's a sack guy. You have Parnell McPhee, who's very well rounded, and at least from what I've seen from Leonard Floyd so far, he's been pretty well rounded as well. So to be able to have three guys that can get to the quarterback, and they're all kind of different styles. They're all different skill sets. I mean, you know, Floyd is kind of one of those guys that he's going to be the speed guy and He's going to get stronger, and he's actually been using his strength quite well. And then you have Pranel McPhee, who's just a brute. And then Willie Young, who's been – I mean, he's kind of your all-around guy. I wouldn't really call him a speed rusher, but he's – I mean, he's, he's really got everything you want. So I think that's going to be big for them moving forward. I mean, they're, they're secondary – especially at corner, they've been banged up. I mean, their safeties, Adrian Amos is very average, which is fine. I think he's, he's a better better fit at a strong safety at this point. But until they can get some playmakers back there in the secondary, maybe that'll come when Bryce Callahan gets back. I mean, they're really going to have to rely on that front seven to be able to get things done. And the good news is, is they're finally starting to get sacks from those defensive linemen, which is also going to be big moving down the stretch. But their holds are key. Um, to success and it really has shown over the last few weeks is that pass rush. I mean, if they can get these get these guys back and they can get you know, keep them healthy and and keep consistently getting three, four, five sacks a game, I mean, that's going to be big for them, especially if Cutler stays healthy and that offense starts moving the ball. So, like, it's optimism right now. We'll see.
1: Yeah, and I, you bring up a good point about the, the, the physicality and the type of play that McPhee brings. It's, it's not the same as what the Bears have, especially uh, – like the complete opposite of what uh, Leonard Floyd brings to the table, which is really speed uh, plus quickness. And Floyd does have good power. That's a good. Uh, we've seen it. Uh, but I think his his uh, you know his biggest strength is his is his quickness. Where Leonard, uh, I'm sorry, Pernell McPhee is just a brute out there. He's just a man among boys who will run you over all day. So uh, you know the the combination of those two different types of still sets, I think work very well, or can work very well going forward. And you can really uh, you know. If Fangio is creative, he can really do a lot with those two di- two different types of players. But uh, you know, going, going back to Floyd, I, I think I, I did a little bit of research following that Minnesota Vikings game, and I don't know where he stands uh, following the bye. But uh, after that game, Floyd had the second most sacks among NFL rookies, uh, with three uh, or th- uh, sorry three uh, three and a half. And uh, you know that just uh, it it goes to show that you know once he, now that he's finally starting to get healthy i mean he was banged up for so long i mean banged up from uh you know otas he was banged up in in, in the preseason got hurt and missed games during the regular season he's never really been healthy and now that he's finally starting to get there he's finally starting to show what uh you know the, some of the, the the ability that they saw in him uh, which you know compelled them to trade up to the ninth overall pick, but I think another reason that he 's been so successful is they 've stopped dropping him into coverage. Uh, I, I was doing some uh, research. they only dropped him into coverage, straight coverage, two times total in the last two games. and Thank- I think that the, the ability for them to, or for him to just focus on being a pass rusher has been huge for him, and that 's why you 've seen a lot of that production. So before we get to previewing this uh, upcoming game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this Week 10 matchup, I want to talk a little bit about Jay Cutler here. Uh, We'll try and keep this brief, but just how these next eight games are going to impact him. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of people had written him off, and I'll admit I had written him off a bit. Uh, before uh, you know, while he was hurt, while Brian Hoyer was was out there throwing, uh, putting up good numbers, but I think we saw the good Jay. Like I said earlier, we saw him against the, the Minnesota Vikings, and uh, you know that's that's as good as he gets. And I, I think you can win with that type of quarterback. Uh, the problem is with with Cutler is when things don't go well, they go really bad, and we've we've all seen that. But I do believe that you know we've talked about this a lot. The Bears don't have a plan B in place. And I, I think if, if, if the long-term plan should be to draft high, should be to find that that, that uh, young franchise quarterback, but the, the better bridge option over Brian Hoyer might be Jay Cutler. I know Jay Cutler's going to cost a lot more money than Brian would uh, Hoyer would, but I, I think that, that Cutler gives you a better opportunity to win games. I mean, the, the Bears were able to open up the offense a little bit. They were better in third downs. They were better in the red zone uh, with Jay Cutler. And now that you have an off- a good offensive line and a, and a, and a, and a solid rushing attack, I, I, like I said, you can have success with him under center. So I really think that over these next eight games, this is going to be crucial for him. This is the time you know, where Ryan Pace, I don't think Ryan Pace and John Fox have made their final decision on Jay Cutler yet. And I think that these eight, next eight games are really going to influence what they're going to do. Now, the fact that they don't have a plan B makes it more likely that they will keep him for one more year. We have mentioned before, most of that guaranteed money is gone uh, after this season. So they can't let him go without any major repercussions. But I think that, uh, you know, he's probably their best option as a bridge quarterback for at least one more season. Your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a very touchy situation. I think the biggest thing that you said that kind of resonates and needs to, you know, kind of resonate with fans is the fact that there's a very good chance that they haven't made their decision yet. And it's worth noting that not one game is going to change that. I mean, really, he played a game and a half before he went out with the injuries, played a game since he's been back. And I think the biggest thing with Cutler is that he can be really good and we saw that on on monday night and it's like man you you sit there and you watch it you're like this is a guy that can lead a team to a super bowl and then maybe next week or the week after or maybe we won't see it but there's always the potential that bad jay is going to show up and then it really makes you wonder okay why why are we even you know why why are we even watching this why you know why haven't they cut ties so i think it's I think for most fans, you know, obviously the front office is going to have to. Uh, but I think it's it, it's key to make sure when you're evaluating Cutler not to do it on a, a game-to-game basis. I mean, give it a play-the-quarter-of-the-season thing that everybody likes to do. You know, judging by every four game, whatever you need to do. So, But I do agree. I mean, it's kind of at a point right now where, okay, you could go to Brian Hoyer, and he could be your bridge guy. But if they are planning on competing for a playoff spot next year I don't think Brian Hoyer is their best option now when we talked about this a few weeks ago I firmly believe that they were going to be a very bad team and I was under the impression that there was a very good chance that they were either going to have a new head coach or a new offensive coordinator and this is probably going to be a team that wouldn't win next year now obviously it's only been one game since but you kind of see what they're about and you see what they're capable of doing so I think really a lot of this is going to have to depend on how they finish and how he finishes. Obviously, it's a big eight games. I mean, he's either going to stay with the Bears and make uh, $16 million next year. Is 14 of that is recoupable if they cut him or trade him? Um, or, you know, is he going to build some trade value? Or is he going to build his value for the open market? I really don't know. I think it kind of depends. But the thing to keep in mind with the quarterback situation is there's really three guys, at least in my opinion, that you can take a quarterback this next year. And I think they could all potentially start – uh, week one, I mean, it's always a crapshoot. But I, if you're looking to go in and compete for a playoff spot next year, I'm not really sure starting, uh, you know, a uh, uh, Deshaun Kaiser, uh, Deshaun Watson, or uh, you know, uh, Mitch Trubisky, who's my favorite guy right now. I don't know if that's going to be the smart, smart way. So I think really, I mean, we're going to learn a lot about this team over the next eight weeks, and I think we're also going to learn a lot about the plans. Uh, and really the future of Jay cutler uh part of me wants him to be gone not because I don't like him but part of me it's it's just it's like he's real man, he's got the short end of the stick on a lot of things. Some of the things are his fault, but I also do believe that just with the amount of offensive coordinators and all the different changes and everything, the way it's gone, I mean it really at some point, depending on how things are if they end up one and seven and they end up going three and thirteen, I don't think we're gonna see him back. But uh one one more short thing here. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about the cap space. Now, they could sign Brian Hoyer for probably a one year deal at four or five million dollars. Or they can keep Cutler, um, regardless of the fact he's going to count for $2 million. they could cut him and he could save fourteen. So, But it's worth keeping in mind, this free agent class is not going to be very good. So, I mean, they could go out, they're going to have a good amount of cap space again like they did this year, so they can go out and they can make as many moves as they want. And realistically, uh, they're probably not going to spend all that space because there's not going to be the free agents available. So when you're looking at Cutler, I wouldn't really look at it much as a cap space issue as I would more of a... What are they going to do next year? Are they going to be competing for a playoff spot? Then they'd probably be there. And if they if they don't have that plan, or if the coaching staff goes, or whatever ends up happening, then I would assume that he will either be traded or released. But we just there's no real way of knowing right now.
1: Right, exactly. And like you said, if they go one and seven, he's probably gone. But if they go seven and one, how are you going to cut Jay Cutler? I mean, especially if he's playing well and and the team and the offense looks good. I mean, I, I, I really think that. Uh, you know, no decision has been made here yet, and, it, and it's really going to depend on how they do here. It's really going to be interesting to see how they play because I do think that that's going to impact not only this season but next year as well. So, uh, lots to watch here over the next eight Nate, next eight games, sorry, and uh, that starts this week with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are not one of the better teams in the NFL. They've struggled; they're three and five this year, and uh, you know have uh, you know not been able to get it going on either side of the football, kind of like the Bears, uh, mediocre. Uh, to less than mediocre almost across the board when you talk about uh, the major statistics uh, defensively they're ranked about uh, I'm, I'm looking here right now 23rd total defense I think they're 22nd in rush defense so the Bears should be able to ride Jordan Howard again offensively and uh, they in, in points per game Tampa Bay is allowing 29 points per game so uh, this is a team that gives up a lot of points That I'm looking right now that's fourth worst in the NFL so uh, you know, if the offense can come out run the football like they should be able to t- with Jordan Howard, uh, there's no reason the Bears can't put up a lot of points. And again, going back to Dowell Loggins, needs to make sure that he doesn't get ha- pass happy, doesn't put too much on Jay Cutler's plate, let the other guys do their jobs, let Jordan Howard be the bell cow, and I think you're going to be able to put up a lot of, a lot of yards and a lot of points against a, a very suspect Tampa Bay uh, defense. Uh, defensively, I think the Bears can really uh, continue to, to improve uh, on, the, on some of the strides that they have made over the last couple of weeks, it's going to be a little more difficult against the Bucks this week because it looks like Doug Martin's going to get back. And you remember Doug Martin was one of the best rushers in the NFL last season, so that's a big boost for uh, the uh, you know the Buccaneers who have really struggled while he's been out. Uh, that you know they they've been beaten up at the running back position in general, so that that's really hurt them, hurt Jameis Winston, and uh, you know not allowed them to have that complete offense that uh, you know you need in the NFL. So I think the Bears defense, if they can get after Winston. I really think that the Bears can go into Tampa and get a win easily. I mean, again, they got they have to play like they did last week. The offensive line has to dominate, but I do think I think all those things are possible. I think the Bears could be three and six. What are your thoughts?
2: I think it's uh, if they play like they did against the Vikings, they're going to blow them out. But. We just don't know what this team is yet. Uh, I think offensively, I think this is a very good matchup for them. Like you pointed out, I think uh, especially in the run game, Jordan Howard should be able to have another hundred game, hundred yard game, or pretty close to it. Uh, they really don't have anything special on defense outside of Gerald McCoy and a few other pieces. So I think that bodes well. My biggest concern really is on the defensive side of the ball, and more the more with that Tampa Bay offense, they have a they have the potential to be extremely explosive, and I think. One of the biggest things that I'm worried about in terms of that matchup is Mike Evans. I mean, he's a he's a mammoth, and he's a guy that is hard to cover anyway. And Tracy Porter has been ordinary, I guess you could say. I mean, he's had his moments, uh, both good and bad. So, <clears throat> But he's a little on the smaller side, so it's going to be very interesting to see how – they're able to neutralize that threat. I mean, it's obviously that's every team's game plan is to try to figure out how to neutralize uh, Evans. But I think that's really what it's going to come down to. I mean, it's going to be right in the 80s. They're getting Doug Martin back. Um, So, I mean, realistically, it'll probably be a close battle. But as I said before, I'm not picking the Bears to win for the rest of the season, because anytime I pick the Bears to win, they lose. And the last two times I picked them to lose, they've won. So I'm going to go ahead and say that Tampa Bay is going to beat them by 10 points. And, uh, We'll just call it that.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I, I think you're right about uh, Mike Evans being just uh, you know the number one priority for the Bears defense. If you, you can accept anybody else on that Buccaneers offense beating you, but if Mike Evans goes off, uh, you know you, you're not going to have a chance. And uh, I, you know, I, I think Tracy Porter has gotten a little bit of a bad rap, and we can discuss this in in more detail in a different podcast. But I do think that Tracy Porter has played very well. You look back at what the number one receivers uh, for opponents against the Bears have done this year; they haven't done anything. I know that uh, Stephon Diggs had uh, uh, seventy or eighty yards last last week, but with Porter in coverage, four catches, twenty yards or twenty eight yards. <laughs> So I, you know, Jordy Nelson, one catch when they when they play the Packers. I mean, you go down the line and the number one guys haven't done much against Tracy Porter. So if he can have a strong game and that pass rush gets after Jameis Winston, the Tampa Bay right now have allowed 18 sacks uh, so far as a team. That's 17th in the NFL. So right there in the middle of the uh, middle of the league in, in pass protection. So if the Bears can get after him like they did the, the Vikings and the Vikings have a horrible off, uh, offensive line. So don't expect the Bears to be that dominant. But if you do up, apply a little bit of pressure on Winston. You should be able to uh, possibly force a few turnovers and that might be all that the bears need to to get this victory but i do like uh, that you that you're, <laughs> you're picking the buccaneers to not jinx them going forward i do think they're gonna be three and six coming out of that buccaneers game and then we'll be talking about a week 11 matchup against the new york giants that's gonna do it here for the week 10 podcast at the bear report podcast uh be sure to follow aaron on twitter at aaron lemming nfl you can give me a follow at bear report both of us write uh, at bearreport.com. Come check out all our work there, all in one place. Also in the Facebook uh, Bear Report page and also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Thanks for jo- uh, being here with us, guys. We will be back next week and every week here going forward. Hopefully we're talking about a Bearsland next week. Have a good one.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why?